everybody. Welcome back to Let's Talk PMA. Today, we do have a very special guest. This is Jeff Bender. Um, Jeff, thank you very much for coming. We're happy you're here. If you want to go ahead and just give us um, a little introduction of yourself, your experiences, um, and what you do. So, well, thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, 25 years as a PGA member. So they send you a little gold badge. Um, yay. Um, but 32 years teaching the game and, and a lot of neat experiences and um, a lot of experiences uh, in other sports as well. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to be a part of this and whatever you can pull out of this old rusty brain, I'm good. <laughs> we we totally appreciate you being here. I know that you know you've coached Quentin and you know you've worked with Allie a little bit um, as far as golf goes, but you know we've talked a lot about um, just your experience with that mental part of of any kind of sport, right? And so you know we even last night talked about how. Um, when you get into a sport and the, if you have that, oh, I'm just, I'm not a very good player. I need to be coached. I need to be coached. I need to be coached. Well, when does that, I need to be coached become, well, you need to think about it a little differently. So, uh, um, that's, that's, that's a wonderful question. Um, looking through what, what you guys have created, it's wonderful information and, and that's where really the athlete has to, they, they've got to find where they're working. Uh, um, what, you know, what are their interests? H how much are they going to work on their game, their academics, uh, um, their relationship with their parents, their relationship with their spouses? Um, there's a lot of things in your information that, that if people actually wrote it down, and, and saw and saw their affirmations, uh, I think that would be valuable. Um, what I see as a coach, um, yeah, it's amazing, guys. Uh, I, I had a kid yesterday in Seattle that said, why are you always so happy? And she's a good little player. And it was a really, really good question. And, and I had to look at it and go, well, it's because when I want to coach, I can coach and I can be hard, but otherwise I can be happy. And, and so it, it's, it's kind of really, I mean, developing good relationships between a coach and an athlete, um, between a husband and a wife, between a teacher and a student it is, I, I think that's what's missing right now is just what what you guys produced is something to go back i mean history and fashion repeat themselves so so going back to journalizing i just had a young lady yesterday i i had six new students over the last two days it's and and they're all they're all super good players but we'll get into that a little bit more because one is i gotta share one with you later that it, it, it was awesome but but I said, write stuff down on a three by five card. And this kid looked at me like, what is a three by five card? 
<laughs> so, so if, if you go back to some of that, I think it really, really helps. Um, sticky notes on a mirror in the bathroom of, hey, this is what I want to do today. Uh, um, th that is so good for you academically, physically, uh, um, spiritually, uh, you know, however you want to do that. It's, it's amazing to talk to people every day. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I had a, I had a kid the other day I was teaching and, and he said, and I said, you know, what brings you the joy, you know, when you are feel good about your round, what do you think? And he goes, well, I don't think I think anything. I said, well, you have to think something. And he goes, I just feel God. And he goes, I just, I'm just happy because I know God's on my side and I had a good round. And he goes, so that's what I think. And I said, well, that's great. I said, but you're thinking that, you know, you have God on your side, so you can do whatever you want to do. You're, there's still that thought process. And I said, yeah. I don't think it really matters what you think, as long as you have a power within you that's driving you to do better yeah and yeah, he was yeah, like I, huh. I i yeah write it down write it down yeah uh yeah the the neatest thing that i see as a coach that that because because usually players come to you um damaged you know they they mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's something not working right and they want they want us to fix them and then there's the completely other side of that, that is uh, uh, the side where things are going really, really well. And, and when things are going really, really well, that's when you actually want to journalize. You want to put that down and go, what, what was I feeling? Where was I at? Where, 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 where was I at? Sleeping, studying, getting up, eating correctly. You know, what made me play? fill in the blank, baseball, basketball, wrestling, tennis, golf, diving. Um, I have a student that's an amazing golfer and she's in a competition right now. She dives one meter and three meter, okay. right? Which, which, I mean, she does backflips off of a piece of concrete. <laughs> and yet she says, man, golf is hard. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> And you're like, what? I would have like broke my head open, died in the pool, and, and <laughs> sitting here with a piece of rubber in your hand and a metal thing at the bottom going, man, this is really hard to make the ball do what I want it to do. So, so when she gets to a good spot, it, it's, it, it's that I, you know, I want all athletes and, and all people that when they're in a good spot, write it down. Mm-hmm. Well, it also comes to that, that thing of, you know, when, when you try something new, you think that you should be able to do it right away. You should be perfect at it right away. Right. I think we all kind of have had those moments where we think, oh, I'm not good at something because I I'm just not talented enough. Well, if you've never done it, how are you supposed to be good at it? You know, some people have a natural talent, but you're still not great at it because you've never tried it before. Well, and it's all different from like sports to sports. Like I mean, I know me, I played a million different sports and every single sport mentally affected me differently. Golf was super extremely challenging for me because I am so competitive and I am very hard on myself. 
So making a mistake in golf was a lot harder for me to like feel like I could make up for it than with like basketball or volleyball or um, soccer. Any of those sports, I felt like I could make up for a mistake. I could go work hard on the other end of the court or the field or whatever. Um, but golf, it was hard for me to be like, oh, I can't really make up for this. Yeah, I can find where my ball is. I can get there and I can try to make a good shot from there. But I can't just run down and do it again. You know what I mean? Like it's it's different and it's interesting to see how different sports affect you mentally. And I know that you see that a lot, Jeff. Um, golf is a very, very mentally challenging sport. I don't know a lot of like younger golfers who actually have a good mindset and think that they're like good players. And um, but the ones who do, they're phenomenal. They are. So, so ladies, they're all super happy people. Seriously, they, they work super hard. And then when they're away from it, they're super happy people. Um, that, that's the, the biggest thing that I can tell you that, that when you, when you work in a team sport, you, you have an opportunity to take a timeout. Um, you can, you know, you can, you know, tap the chest and coach knows it's like, all right, out, you sit, you know, water, 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 hang out. Okay. Hey, go check back in. There's rotations and in individual sports, which would be really honestly skiing, tennis, golf. Um, yeah, they're very individual sports where it's all you. And, and so how you, how you proceed over the next two or three or four hours is, is again, what, with what you guys created, this is where it, it, anybody that's watching this, if they challenge themselves to write a few things down, which, which a lot of what, what is, is not necessarily self-affirmations, but just, hey, this, this is where I get weak. This is where I don't feel confident. And yeah, yeah, golf wise, I'm telling you, um, between myself and my business partner, we get to work with a lot of really neat players. And they're, they're very, very happy people. And then when they work, they work. Mm -hmm. But and did they start out that way when you first got them? What, what's that? Did they start off that way when you first started working with them? Um, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, no, um, but mostly because I think that if we, if we're talking, like if we're talking adults, we can, we can do that at a different podcast, but with juniors, no, there was a, uh, there, there's a giant shadow that looms, looms over them, uh, from parents or grandparents yeah. or aunt, uncle there's a giant shadow and and so when they do something poorly i don't think it's that they're upset with their performance they feel they're failing due to the person that is looming you know that that shadow that's that's you can you can almost see it grow over their head right and, and they want, so they, you want gotta, their, they want their peers to be proud of them they want their parents their grandparents to be proud of them and their Right, right. So, so in your information, that's something that if somebody can actually write that down, 
and go, I don't want to fail because of mm-hmm. my mom and dad. It, it, you know what I mean? Then yeah. it's like, okay, hold on. We got to, you got to twist that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't worry about them. If you, if you hit a golf ball and your left ankle uh, fell off, I, <laughs> I, ladies, I know this is, this is a sidebar, but I was just at a, at a wonderful home in Seattle and, and this gentleman I've known in high school and college, and he loves soccer. And, and so we're watching soccer, which is so hilarious because it is so exaggerated on when somebody gets a trip or, you know, something it, it's right. like their leg got torn out of their body. And I'm like, dude, what if we combine that with golf? So like, <laughs> if you hit a really bad shot in golf, like you hook it over in the trees, could you drop on the ground and go, oh, my arm, my <laughs> it's, I'm done. Uh, you know, could you, could you do that? And, and so, yeah, I, I think um, that's a wonderful question because I have a young man, he's going to shoot in the sixties and he's learned how to do things for himself, not for his dad, because his dad is very inquisitive and not in a negative way. I have negative parents, but, but the hardest thing, honestly, talking to you guys and doing this for 30 plus years is, um, how you introduce a different way to train your child is really interesting because I'm not, I'm not telling you as a mother to change how you've been a mom to your child. It's just that 70 hours a week, at least I get to look at golf swings, or if I got to look at basketball players, or if I got to look at tennis players, um, it's what I see. And so when I bring something up, it's not that I'm calling you a bad parent. Um, if coaches bring a player to me or to us and they go, look, man, I just don't know what else to do. I'm not calling that coach a bad coach. It's like, well, let's look at it and let's, you know, look at it forensically and say, okay. So a lot of parents in the world when they try and coach their child, um, it doesn't work well. And so I can tell you, I've been, I've been fired at least 20 times in my life as a coach, uh, because of what I said to a parent, not to the child, not to the player. Yeah. And so that's a really important thing. I experienced that a lot as well. And I think it's a lot of like your mindset as a coach. Um, like for me, I know that like, I'm, I'm here for the kids. I'm not here for anybody else. They know exactly why they are, aren't playing or what they need to do. Like I'm very honest. And then if a parent has something to say to me, I'm a very blunt person. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you straight up exactly how it is. Um, I'm not going to be rude but I am going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because it's hard a lot of times too, because parents think that their kid is the greatest. They always think their kid is the greatest. And it's like, well, that's not true. Your kid isn't the greatest. Um, There's other players here who are working harder or maybe they're not, but your kid is not the greatest player in the game. Um, And so I think honestly, having the mindset of, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to be rude, but I'm going to tell you exactly how this is working um and it's good for the kids to see that too because they know that 
the coach is holding them to like a realistic standard. Yeah. So, so can I ask you, can I ask you a question? So at what age? uh, All right. So this would be the big question. So if you're, if you're coaching a two-year-old to five-year-old basketball team, would you take that approach or would it be six to 11 or when do you, what, what age do you take that approach? Um, I mean, I coach kids third through eighth grade okay, and it works perfectly through there. I don't really coach anyone younger and, but obviously I think if it's younger, there's not as much to worry about most of the time. Um, when you get to older with the clubs and everything, everything's a lot more intense. Um, and so I would definitely say, depending on what they're involved in, like if it was just a rec team, um, I probably wouldn't have such like expectations, I guess. And the parents wouldn't either, but it's like what kind of group they're in. Like I coach some nationally (laughs) ranked girls like teams and things like that so everything's held to a higher standard um and parents all think that their kids are the best so (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that that's uh and that's that's all (laughs) through all sports it it really is and so that's why i i like what you guys have created and what you've written because it, it allows even a parent to write down what what they can do and then you know where where everything is and you look at it so again i i know i use that word forensically but but you can look at stuff and go look this is the i know it's it's the everything that we hold as as an athlete is perfect mm-hmm. a basketball is perfect a tennis racket and a tennis ball they're perfect a golf club perfect a baseball bat perfect the thing operating those devices is not perfect Right. It needs it needs calibrated every thirty eight seconds. <laughs> so, well, so, and that's so and that's the thing. And you know, like you talked about, you know, the younger kids, you know, first, second graders, you know. Well, if we can teach parents through the workbook or through just watching whatever, mm-hmm. that it starts at such a young age that show them that they're worthy for themselves. They don't have to be worthy for you. They don't have to prove anything to you. And if they want to succeed, if they want to play, whatever, it's for themselves. And that we don't have to make it so much about them pleasing us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Good good at a lot and master of none is okay to a certain age. And I want to put it at like 14 years old, 14 is when it's like, look, man, if you want to be really good at something, you got to leave all that other stuff that you're good at and you got to master one. So choose. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my friends in high school that had a basketball, a football, a wrestling, you know, on their letterman's jacket. When you first do that, it's like, man, I want that letterman's jacket. Look at, look at how everybody responds to them. They're the coolest people, mm-hmm. but they were just good at a lot. They weren't a master of any. And so they never continued on. 
I have very few friends that continued on to college and, and played the sport because they played everything because it looked cool. But that was their choice. Now, are they, are they great husbands and wives and are they good people now? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so when, you find, when you find a player, um, oh my gosh, the kids that play the flute, the clarinet, the piano, they, they do the soup kitchen, they do, they do so many things and also they're learning golf. So, so they, they play tennis, they, they wrestle, they play baseball. I've got a kid in Seattle. This kid is going to be so good. And, and it's because he plays baseball and golf and their schedule over there, they play golf in the fall and they play baseball in the spring. Mm-hmm. And to talk about those two different swings, he, he's, he's totally understanding it, but, but I wanted to circle back to, uh, um, I, I had, yeah, like six new students this weekend and one young lady, um, she showed up to a lesson with, uh, with a young lady that's been a student for a long time. She's a very good player. She plays number one for a team over there. Um, she brought a friend who's like six, one and is learning the game. And then another friend who's like five, four. And this other friend started with just flip-flops on and looked at me and she said, look, I'm just here as a friend. I said, okay, cool. So I, I worked with the other two young ladies and, and moved them around and, and, and got, you know, physically engaged with these players and they were hitting the ball really well. So as I'm doing that about 31 minutes into this, all of a sudden this lady's got a, a, a pair of chucks on, <laughs> her flip-flops are gone and she's got a golf club and I'll be darn if she's not, I mean, she's five, four, right. And she's a basketball. She's like, I'm a basketball player. I'm like, well, okay, well, uh, let me guess. You're a one. She's <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, good for you. That's a tough job. That's a tough job. That's like being libero in volleyball. <laughs> everybody, right. everybody around you are giants and you have a tough job. <laughs> and so, so she, she, she just hits a few balls. And then about 18 minutes into that, where I'm just like, Hey, cool. Good swing. Wow. wow lots of power. She goes, yeah, I used to also play lacrosse. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So you're used to having a stick in your hand what the, this is going to be super easy so so how you how how coaches and and players um uh, another story ladies but one of my new students this guy taught his daughter and he signed up full year full membership everything um his daughter's a good player but her balance points are really really weird and he used some protocol from a doctor over in China. And, and, it, and it's like, you can see the moves. So you, you, can, you can see where it's like, well, that's why she moves like that. But, but as he paid for the year, he told me, look, no, you're, you're the master. She's going to follow everything you say. And I said, no, we're a village. And she's the player. We have to create a village around her. And if we add like three or four or five more around her, she only has to think about 
what what she's working on. Mm -hmm. So the village, if there's issues, if there's ever any of this, then the village does that. Right. But the player, the player doesn't, mm -mm, they don't need that. They don't need that. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause we always talk about how, you know, the parent, the coach, the athlete, they're, they're their own team. You know, they're a team in their, in their selves because they all have to work together, like you say, and not butt heads for the athlete to be the success that they are, because it takes, it takes all of them to make the confidence and to help with the confidence of the athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Allie, let me ask you this. So, uh, uh, because, you know, if you're still actively coaching, this is a fun one that when, a, when a dad says, Hey man, you've been, you've been recruited by this club basketball team. You're a super good player. And, and this guy, this guy walks on water. This coach walks on water. You listen to everything he says. I mean, everything. You just follow his orders. And then when you look at that same 14, 15-year-old player, don't care the gender. When you look at that and, and the, that kid is in the backseat of a car and the dad is driving home going, you know what? Your coach is a, a friggin' moron. That's the, that guy's the dumbest person I can't believe he made those. And, and you just get to kind of like look to the side and look at a child's eyes and go, what the, what am I supposed to do? Because three weeks before that, you were telling me, dad, if he told me to jump off the roof, I would jump off the roof, you know? And so it is, it is so funny to, to, to create the village so I was honored by this dad because he really liked what I did with this player, but it's like, no, 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 man. No. If she's got questions and she shares something with you, then you share it with me and I'll share it with her. And we, and, and players have a tendency to get better. And, and I mean, still one of the neatest things out of sports is players play coaches, coach and officials officiate. And, and I mean, if, if we stay with that, which is, I, I don't know. I mean, who wrote that in like 1958? <laughs> it's, still, it's, it's like absolutely the truest even more now. So, so one thing, and to circle back what you guys talked about, the thing that I see with athletes and parents and coaches now is what I like about your book is that you have to understand that there's an app. There's an app on your phone that's either free or a dollar ninety-five that'll make where your groceries can show up at your door. Your TV can pay bills, do everything. You don't have to move, right? I mean, there, there's no app. Uh, pardon, pardon this language, or pardon what I'm going to say. But there's no app to allow me to use the bathroom. On, on my phone, I still have to get up and, and go and something has to evacuate from my body. But everything else in our life in the 21st century, everybody's looking for a faster and easier way to do it. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what I love in your book is, is even when you and I met, when we met a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's like, I'm like, wow, this would be really cool in an app. And then I had to pray and meditate about that and go, no, we, you've got to get people to, to write it, write it down, look at it, 
physically, because the neatest thing is in 40 years, you can go back and look at what you wrote. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we are talking about an app after you've completed and after you started, start realizing what your thoughts are creating and through the workbook, getting through the workbook and then having access to an app that you can continue that. Say you're at a game and like, you know, we talked about having, having that so you can write down then, but yeah. again, it has to be accessible for you to be able to go back and see what you've written. And yeah. so it has, it can't just go away. It has to stay there so that you can go back and you can see what you've learned and see how you've progressed, see what those thoughts caused you at one point. And now your thoughts are different and what's causing, you know, what's, what, how have you progressed and what problems are coming up that you need to solve now yes yeah. Yeah. yeah you you two you two ladies have no idea how important what you're doing you don't know you 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 just you, i mean there's days where you're gonna feel like you're not doing anything and there's so many other devices out there and everything you have no idea how important what you're doing well, we we're we're starting to see, but yes, I appreciate that so much. And I know, you know, we have worked hard and we believe one hundred thousand percent in what we are are putting out there. So yeah. Right. right. I so use I use um basically everything that's in the workbook every day with practices with my teams. Um I really focus on my teams having that relationship with them. I want them to be able to tell me their thoughts and their feelings and their goals, because that's the only way that I'm going to know where their heads are at, as well as like being able to make sure that they're in the right spots to continue um, to like succeed and get better. Um, I tell them all the time, I'm like, I would much rather you be honest with me about how you're talking to yourself or the thoughts that you're having than to lie to me and have me already know, like, I would just tell me straight up, um, because I can't help you if you don't tell me and you don't talk to me. Um, and so I have a very close relationship with all of my girls and I don't think I could coach any other way. I think it makes it easier, honestly, the trust yeah, that yeah. you gain with your team. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. So, so when you, when you get your players to a certain position, I mean, honestly, and, and that's the hardest thing is, is when you're talking uh, club volleyball, club basketball, club tennis, they, it, you know, these, these kids that are good, it's, it's no, if you want them to be better, they, they have to travel and see like, like if you want to play varsity tennis in central Washington, all you have to do is hit it over the net and you're on varsity. If you go to Seattle, um, not so much. So that's only three hours away, mm -hmm. right? Right. So it's it's so important for for players that that parents that say, "Look, I don't have the money to eh, fill in the blank." Then it's like, "Look, you got to talk to grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, friends, family. You got to you got to go down the line." Because you've got to see, look, your kid has talent, but he's got to, or she's got to play bigger, longer, faster. Only if that child wants that, yes. you know, that's, that's the big that's thing. thing. If they want it. If they want it, yeah. right. If they just want to play on, on your team and they're a good player, then you push them to be great. But it's, it's that, 
uh, uh, yes, there. Uh, Katie Katie Miles Brophy is is our our recruiter for colleges, and and she's really good. I mean, she's got she was the women's Georgetown golf coach, and anyway, I, I've I've known her for ten years, and she's put she's put kids into the colleges they want, but she's super honest. Mm-hmm. I want to play for Cal State. Eh, she goes, no, nope. Cal just recruits from inside. You have every great athlete from inside. Cal- nope, nope. Let's not look there. What do you think of the University of Nebraska? What do you think of UNLV? How about the University of Nevada, Reno? It's Division One school. Okay. Well, well, my grades are great, but my competition isn't great. I- I'm okay. Well, then let's look at George Fox or St. Martin's or let's look at even Pomona. I mean, that's a D3. That's $105,000 a year. There's so many different places that players can go that that have teams. Mm-hmm. And and where do you want to go? And then and then but that's that's later. So you got to look at players that when they're starting at five years old. So so, so sorry to. But this weekend was really, really cool. On Saturday morning before I go to Seattle, I had a family come in and, and the one son is fully engaged. It's a good swing. Um, yeah, he's there. Their other son hid behind their mom and he's five. And I mean, he just hid from me. And finally, I just looked over and said, hey, if you just want to go build sandcastles in the bunker, Go ahead. This is all yours. If you just want to roll down the hill, I know the grass is wet, so you might get stains on your pants. But if you want to go to, so by the time I was done with this other kid, this kid was out there playing in the sand and then he was hitting balls and it was the goofiest thing. Cause it's like, yeah, how you, you gave I'm him telling the you, if you do it, if you do it for the player. Yeah you 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 you'll succeed if you're doing it for yourself not a chance yep jeff thank you so much for joining us um a lot of really great um in or aspects and um inputs everything all your experiment experiences that you've had um thank you so much for coming on and joining us um we'll hope to have you on again soon for sure um, we really appreciate it. Um, do you have any last things that you'd like to share with everyone before? No, um, absolutely. I would, I would be honored to, to share because again, it's, it's about, it's about the athlete. And so, so that's really what I'm excited about when, when I get, when I get home, it's, it's not about, yeah, we have to be so selfless as coaches and as parents you know, it's, it's, it's about the person that we're putting in your book. Um, so if you, if you want me to come on and, and share other things, cause yeah, I've got, I've got a player that's leaving UW. I mean, she's not leaving, she's not leaving the school, but she's leaving the team and it's super hard on the parents. And I know this young lady had set this in motion her junior year of high school. So the parents are blown away, devastated. And it's like, no, you're going to have an attorney that's going to belong to a private club. And, and so when you, when you work with young people, 
you just have to keep them, you know, where, where are they at? What are they doing? What do they want? So no, I, I love, I love what you guys created. I, I'm in. Well, thank you again for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Um, and we hope everyone enjoyed this episode um, and we'll see everyone next week. Yep. Make sure and go to Let's Talk PMA and check out our workbook and see how you can change your mindset as well. Thank <laughs> you.